This is Linda Liu from Marishi Ten, and you're listening to House of Noise. To House of Noise. Noise. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Welcome to House of Noise, people. <laughs> it's <laughs> late. You're tired. Welcome, welcome to Noise. Welcome, welcome, welcome to House of Noise, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining our program tonight. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was fun. We had some uh, interesting snafus with uh, Linda from um, Marishi 10. It's uh, just... Um, it was a good conversation. She's a sweetheart. Like I said, her and I have, are going to be best friends forever. And um, we'll find her on girl Facebook power, right women unite. Um, I'm telling you what, she is one hell of a guitar player, and she, she has got a great voice. Uh, I found it interesting that she brings guest artists on to do the yeah. solos and do some of the guitar riffing with her. She jammed with the guy from Five Figure Death Punch and Wasp. Like I said, I would have been kind of being goofy fangirl, but you know that's just me. But um. Oh, we talked about the music biz. Yeah. Of course, we talked about Marishi Ten. <laughs> and talk, uh, talked about her her journey growing up, and you know how she got into music. And her singles, Never Look Back, and Enemy Now, and Over and On. We talked about everything. We did. It's like we always do. She just, she's an... We always talk about everything. We do. We do. And she's just an incredible person. And she's originally from the East Coast and went over to uh, California to live her dreams and be in the music biz. And, um, you know, she's just a really interesting woman. That's something I will say about our show is we are one of the most informative podcast out there yes and she we learned we learned some things from her and uh you know it was just really uh, some of the stuff you learned that you already knew though okay well you already knew numbers mattered well yeah but you know i didn't so. know about the band camp thing though i didn't either i'm just gonna let people listen and make their own conclusions as to how awesome our conversation with linda was but she was a cool chick so enjoy so. this episode with linda lou from from marishi 10 there you go Hi, Jenna. How are you? Hey, good. How are you, Linda? Hello. Yay, it worked. Yeah, Yay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was not popping up at all. Yeah, literally just popped up, like probably. It'll help just, if I turn my mic on. Yeah, just just uh, now. I'm, so, here. I'm here too. <laughs> that's Jim. He's uh, he's my co-host. We, uh, we're glad you're here. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Sorry it was hard to get me on Skype. I was having issues with my, uh, my account. That's yeah. happening these days with a lot of things. Oh, All I know. Right. Yeah. I know, right? I kept putting the ID in there, nothing. I put your name in there, nothing. I was like, I don't know what else to do. That's why I emailed you. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. I'm glad it worked. Yeah, no, I'm, gl- I'm glad you did. Something happened with my mic. It's like connected to my Microsoft account and something happened to it. Hmm. So I was able to get on there and fix it in time. I, I'm so glad we're able to chat. Let me tell you, I uh, took some time and I actually went back a little bit and 
I um, watched Enemy Now, and I watched Over On, I believe. Yeah, yeah Over, Over and on. on. Yeah, and um, man, the videos are just, the, the tracks are kick-ass. I mean... You you are Thank definitely you so much. you're welcome. You definitely you have a great voice and and you love that old metal sound too. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, no secret that I draw my influences mostly from you know classic heavy metal, and it's it's hard to not have it show up right, <laughs> when I write right. a song. I was going to ask you, you know, I know you were in a all-female band Cockpit. Um, how long were you mm-hmm. uh, involved in that project? Cockpit was like my life for yeah. like, I guess maybe it was about seven or eight years oh, wow. that we, you know, from the time that it started till uh, when it finally ended. And yeah, it was, that was a, that was a huge part of my life and, and me coming out to LA and starting that band with those girls and um, and touring. And it was like a true DIY thing. And, you know, like learned a lot of lessons, um, Mm -hmm. some hard ones, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, that was, that was a, like a good seven or eight years of my life. You know, when you think about, uh, female bands like the Runaways and, um, Vixen and do you kind of see those bands as, um, kind of the the forerunners in making it possible for women to have a place in the music business? I'm going to say something that probably is not a popular answer. Yeah. And I think that honestly, n- not necessarily. Um, yeah. What I really learned from starting an all-female band, now my, mm-hmm. my main there were two reasons in wanting to do that. One of those reasons was that I just really enjoyed the camaraderie of playing Mm. with other women. Mm. And that was a great decision. And there was a a confidence that we all kind of were able to have around each other. And that part of the experience was good. The other part of it was knowing that being an all-female band was going to get us attention. Yes. But the problem is, that was the attention. Mm. And I think it's a big part of the reason why although the band was noticed because it was all female, it was also shoved into certain categories because it was all female. It was also never considered by a lot of people because it was all female. So, I mean, as great as it is to have all female bands, I'm always happy to see a group of women doing that. It's, it's also, it's also really difficult. And and I think that the more that people kind of don't make music all about the gender, Mm -hmm. the better, that ultimately yeah. it's going to be in the end, you know, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why when I set out to do Marishi 10, I didn't even originally, you know, I, I wasn't like, okay, it's going to be me and a bunch of guys. Right. It, it was just going to be me and whoever wanted to be a part of it at any given time. That was great. So if that was male or female or non-binary, I didn't yeah, care. It doesn't care. Um, it doesn't care. I, that's doesn't still matter. the way that I really always want to be able to approach music from now on. Right. Which is, which is super cool. And I do absolutely um, see your point. And I know I can remember, I think I was watching behind the music at one point when those types of programs were on MTV and they did do the story about Vixen. And I believe that was one of the things that they said they were pigeonholed into certain areas and people didn't take them seriously. They thought they weren't actually talented. Yeah. And such an amazing band. And I, I was fortunate enough, um, Years ago, Cockpit actually got to open for them in Vegas um, for tour, and they were awesome ladies, and um, that was a great show and and really fun. So, you know, like I said, much respect for anyone who who pulls it off, um, always. Oh, for sure. 
I um for um I love the uh, name Marishi Ten, Marishi Ten, excuse me, Thank and you. um I uh, I know I was thinking when you had mentioned I know I saw your uh, your tattoo. Um, you have some nice, several nice tattoos, but I saw the one of the, um, Japanese script on your back. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, I thought about, uh, Marty Friedman because I know he was big into, uh, Japanese culture and stuff. And I know, um, was it your father that was of Japanese heritage? I uh, yeah. Yeah, my my stepfather, uh, I mean, was born in this country. He's actually uh, second generation born in this oh, country, okay. um, but um, of Japanese heritage. And um, so it, it's always was very much a part of my life um, growing up, probably why I was drawn. I'm, I'm also a big fan of mythology. And I think the oh, company yeah. really drew me to Japanese mythology. And then, um, you know, the story of Marishi Ten just it felt like something that was very like congruent with the message that I was trying to ultimately send, right. you know, through my music. So um, and then I I get to have such an amazing time with the imagery behind it. You know, mm-hmm. all of the artwork um, are all different depictions of Marishi Ten kind of basically the when I do the artwork, um, I send a demo and lyrics to a friend of mine, Adam Black, who's an amazing comic book artist. Oh, and okay. I just, I, yeah, I tell him I have ideas in my head for what I'm seeing, but I just kind of want you to listen to the music and to sketch out what you see. Right. And, um, and that's kind of how all of our artwork gets started for Marishi 10. So it's, it's, you know, like just endless creativity and fun for me. Yeah. That, um, and that's great, you know, that you can, you can enjoy and have fun, uh, being creative and stuff. And, um, I have to say the, uh, video for never look back, I love the black and white, the black and grays. It's just, it's just, it just like fits. And was that an intentional? Um, Well, the director of that video, this is a fun story. Um, And, and, uh, you know, like a good inspirational story, which I'm a big fan of those at the moment. Um, The, I had finished that song and I I knew I wanted to do a video for it. And, um, I had kind of, I'd hit up a few directors that were local to LA that Mm. I somehow had a connection to and everybody was either unavailable or logistically it was not possible or they just straight up didn't email me back. Mm. And, um, I have always been a huge fan of Matt Mahern's work. Um, you know, he directed the, uh, the Unforgiven Metallica, um, okay. Yeah, like uh, he was one of the, one of the uh, co-directed with or without you from you too. Um, you know, I mean, if you Google Matt Mahern's work, it's unbelievable the people nice. that he's worked with. And, um, so he's always been somebody that I've really admired and wanted to work with. And I've often referenced his work in like a creative brief that I've sent to other people, you know, like this is what I'm trying to achieve this kind of feel. And, um, I finally just was like, wait a second, why am I not making an attempt to reach out to him directly? There's a chance. I I don't know where he lives, but maybe he lives in LA and I'm, you know, people who have that kind of artistic vision, they never stop working because why would they? Um, Oh, 
So I, I just blindly looked him up on Instagram and said, you know, do you ever work with independent artists? I'd really like to send you a, a creative brief for something. And he said, here's my email. Like, sure. I work with all kinds of artists. Right. And he was so, so gracious and so wonderful. And, um, you know, we had a few conversations and, um, he decided that he would take on the project, but there were very specific things, you know, and, and, uh, one of them was to really just trust his creative vision, cool. which I would be absolutely stupid not to. Right. So, um, you know, he told me he wanted to shoot it in black and white. And I said, that sounds amazing. And he said, um, you know, I just want to work one-on-one with you. I have an idea for, you know, uh, certain things. He goes, and when you work with me, it might feel or look a little weird to you, or you're not going to see everything the way that I'm seeing it. And really what I just need moving forward is like your trust and willingness to do the work. And I said, that sounds awesome. So, we shot that video, um, in like eight hours, you oh, know, wow. and just, just me and him and a guitar. And, um, that's also me running around in that black, okay, uh, okay. through the woods because, yeah. you know, I can't afford to hire actors. So. <laughs> 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 like complete honesty, I can't afford to hire an actor. So right. I just, um, but I mean, also I just kind of wanted to do it. So. Yeah. That was super cool. Okay. Yeah. To kind of segues a little bit into what something I wanted to ask was, you know, living in LA, has that opened up opportunities for different working with different people? And Oh, it's the, it's the main reason why I moved to LA. I'm originally from the East coast. I grew yeah. up in North Jersey in a suburb of New York. And then I spent, you know, uh, middle school and high school in Philadelphia. And as soon as I could go out to LA, I, you know, I tried, I tried to stay on the East coast for a little bit. Um, and it just like this place called to me and I knew that, um, if I really wanted to realize some of the dreams and the goals that I had, that I needed to put myself in a place where it would be like, I had the optimal chance to do that. Yeah. And I definitely one of those places, you know, so, um, I've never regretted coming out here and yes, you know, with risk comes reward. So, yes. you know, oh, plus the weather doesn't uh, hurt either. Right. Well, it's like <laughs> is here right now and we're stuck inside so it's not my favorite time right, of right. Weather, but <laughs> it's fine it's fine so you know being that um I was gonna ask too did you have uh, additional musicians as far insofar as the uh, drums and stuff like for the guitar parts did uh-huh. you play you know, the rhythm and the lead and just like do all that? Yeah. Well, basically this is how Marishi 10 works. Mm -hmm. I write write in in my home studio um, and I'll like lightly program drums. And then there's a a drummer, Patrick Martin, that I've worked with since the beginning of Marishi 10. He records all of the drums live. So once it's done, we we go into a studio, we record drums live and then, you know, go back and record all the instruments over that. Um, I play rhythm guitar. I play some leads. The guitar solos that you heard on those songs were all tracked by different guest guitar lead players. Um, Never Look Back was the solo was tracked by Daryl Roberts, who was the original guitar player in Five Finger Death Punch. He was in Wasp for a while. He's a friend of mine. When I, I've, oh, I love his playing. I think he's a phenomenal guitar player. Um, and I called him up one day and said, I, you know, I don't know what you've been up to lately or if yeah. you have time for this, but, um, you know, I have a track that I would really love for you to play a guitar solo on if you'd like to come over and do that. And he was like, that sounds great. So, 
he actually tracked that guitar solo in my living room. And yeah, so basically Marishi Ten has been, I tried to start the band as a traditional band where it was going to be the same lineup and, you know, did a Kickstarter, got the band started. And it was like an uphill battle for me. Uh, It was really hard for me to kind of like make that work. And then Mm -hmm. people had other interests and other life paths. And I just decided that I made a decision a while ago that I was going to keep going with this no matter what, and just be really thankful for the people that wanted to be involved in it at any given time. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where we're at with, with, with the, you know, as far as the recording leading up to this point. Um, I was rehearsing with a full lineup live. Um, a couple of guys that are great, um, Byron Marquez and Cesar Villatoro, are uh, what rounds out the live band. And okay. you know, the we've been rehearsing up until our studio was closed down for you know yeah. the pandemic. So um, they're the live lineup of Marishi Ten right now, and. We just, you know, as as soon as we can, we'll be back at it and, you know, booking some shows, at least in the L.A. area. Yeah. You answered my question. I didn't want to know what you were what your plans were for when you did go play live. If you're just going to have whoever was available at the time or, you know, how that was going to work. But no, the live lineup's wonderful. And I was really enjoying I'm, I very much miss rehearsals. The guys that, I'm, you know, that are, are playing in Marishi 10 are amazing right now. And they're wonderful people and I'm really lucky like I said I'm really thankful to have them be a part of it yeah I um I do like the idea of you having guest you know musicians uh come in and play on on tracks and stuff I think you know there's an advantage to that it's also a lot of fun for me you know to get (laughs) also exactly like Uh yeah I'm a big wasp fan so I would have been like, yeah, I I would have been absolutely fangirling because I'm, I'm, like I said, I love Wasp and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So you said you grew up in Jersey or the Jersey area anyway. Uh Um, so what was the dynamic at home? Like were mom and dad supportive of you playing music? When did you get into music? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, they were very supportive. Um, and you know, I got super into music at a young age. I was, you know, a total art geek, music geek in in, uh, high school, middle school. I didn't have a ton of friends. Um, And (laughs) when I I became uh, old enough to get a job at 16, I I went to work at a record store um, and, you know, like just went to every, I went to every show I could possibly go to. At that time, you know, reps would still come in and, um, into the physical record stores and they would, um, give us tickets and put us on the list for shows. And like, if there was something I could get into for free, I would go to it. So I went to tons of all ages shows, tons and tons of theater shows when I was a teenager. And, um, I listened to basically anything I could get my hands on, but then really, really like gravitated towards, you know, metal and, and classic rock and, um, and hard rock and, and, uh, and that's kind of where I found, you know, like the love of it. That's what, what really inspired me to play guitar. Um, but I have a lot of other music loves too. I'm a huge U2 fan. A lot of people don't know that and don't hear that, but they're a band that made me kind of fall in love with music when I was a kid. So, so yeah, you were just a sponge. You were just, you, <laughs> yeah. that's all you wanted to live and breathe was music. You know? Yeah. I, I love it. Have you had a chance because you immersed yourself in, in music from such a young age and you, 
um, went to a lot of shows and performances and stuff. Have you ever at any point in your life had a chance to meet some of your um, idols or maybe musicians that influenced you specifically? And have you been able to say, thank you know, this is how you influenced oh. me and thank you so much. Yeah, I've been, I've been really, really fortunate, um, you know, being in LA and then having a lot of friends who work in the industry and getting to go to shows and get access to some people that I normally wouldn't get a chance to. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's, it's been pretty, I've been pretty lucky. I mean, honestly, there's so many, it's hard to even name. So I've been really, I've been really, really fortunate for that. Um, I was just recently in LA, you know, at a, went to go see Opeth um, mm. play. The last, the last show that I went to before I couldn't go to shows anymore. My, my exit was, uh, was Opeth and that was amazing. Nice. You know, fortunate enough to meet those guys. Um, I got to, uh, to chat briefly with, um, with Tobias from Ghost uh, during that show. They're, they're another band, current band that I absolutely love. So you know, lucky for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I just, oh, I know what I was going to ask. So, you know, I know in, on the Sunset Strip, there are quite a few iconic venues, you know, you have Rainbow, you have the Whiskey, you got the Viper Room, Troubadour. Um, have you been able to, have you, have you ever gone to, gone to see a show? I know, didn't you play at the Viper room uh yeah i that i'm really fortunate too especially you know with cockpit and then with mm-hmm. marie Chen played at the roxy in the viper room um cockpit obviously played uh we played at the whiskey a number of times and the roxy and the viper room um when it was the key club um we played with, at the key club we opened up for metal school a couple oh, times okay. you'll can't there now but we opened up for them at, at roxy and at key club and those were amazing shows um i actually worked at the i'm a, a, a bartender as well and i worked at the viper room oh, okay a while this was a, a this was a, uh before it changed current ownership um and i i will never know why but i was taken off the schedule i was not technically fired but i was taken off the schedule so i got to um play a show you know maybe about a year or two later and and, uh, you know, tell everybody to tip their bartenders because I used to be one here before I got fired. And that was pretty fun. <laughs> now, I do have to ask about the Viper Room because uh-huh. um, I have heard you're, rumors. You're such a nerd. And I know the uh, Ghost Adventures guys were there. And mm-hmm. I've heard rumors that it is supposedly haunted. Uh-huh. Um, you know, have you from working there and stuff or from, and from being there, have you ever had any experiences yourself or, like, heard, or heard any stories? Yeah. I mean, do you even I have like never had any experiences personally with hauntings at the Viper Room from people that have worked there for a while? Some of them have. Um, I certainly did not have that experience. Um, my horrors there were of a different kind. Gotcha. <laughs> but, but, um, but I can tell you that I think that a lot of older bars definitely carry a lot of spiritual energy. And from bars that I've worked at over the years, I have had experiences at some of them. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit to yeah. hear anyone's experience there, you know? Yeah, that's... Um, yeah, she watches all of those shows and it kind of kind of drives shows. me nuts. It's like, can we watch <laughs> something else, please? <laughs> I mean, it's all, you know, I mean, we don't know. 
you know, I mean, we really, really don't, but I don't believe it. I don't believe in it at all, but that's just me. Well, that's my personal opinion. Spirits are not recruiting. They don't need you to believe in it. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, you know, things, certain violent events leave an imprint on, you know. Um, yeah, it's all about what you put out in the universe, too. So, Well, I'm definitely a big, uh, a big reader of metaphysical studies. I am very much a big believer in universal subconscious and of energy. And, um, you know, I find a lot of peace in it. So. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Different schools of thought. Yeah. yeah. I um. So what you know what what came first for you as far as being a vocalist and playing guitar was it something that happened kind of simultaneously or was that organically or. Uh, well, I w- was always, my voice was the first instrument I ever found when I was a kid and I was always in, you know, choir and, um, and really loved singing. And I knew that that was something that just brought me pure joy from a, a very, very early age. Yeah. Um, and I definitely wanted to, when I was much younger, I played, you know, instruments, but I played violin and then I played flute oh, and nice. that was like my instrument all through high school. But I, I really wanted to learn an instrument that I could write and accompany myself singing. And, uh, you know, my parents had gotten rid of our piano when I was younger, but my mother did have a guitar. So, um, I started playing, you know, with her acoustic guitar Mm -hmm. when I was a young teenager and, um, and developed an interest in it, um, taught myself a lot of things. And then I bought my first electric guitar and just started experimenting. You know, I, I just, I kind of was freaking out right before I got on the, the phone with you guys because I got a Google alert saying that Guitar World had um, named uh, Never Look Back one of the 10 best like guitar riff songs of the week. Oh. And I I was completely beside myself. I was like, I was double taking. I was like, what? Right. And- <laughs> That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. And Yay. I read it and I'm like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm really freaking out right now because... <laughs> I immediately thought about working at the record store when I was a kid and we used to have, you know, tablature books mm. in the back of the store and I would take and and Guitar World magazine and I would oh, yeah. take the magazine and I would bring credit card receipt paper up to the office on my break and I would write the tablature from the the songs out oh, at the back okay. of the store. I couldn't afford to actually buy it. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, to to, it's surreal. It's surreal to to log online and to see, you know, I mean, that I'm still kind of blown away by it, to be honest. And, you know, it's, I, I hope I never stop being blown away by people loving the music that I write, because it means everything. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I just like I said, I, you know, I listened to Never Look Back. And I was like, holy shit, like, absolutely rocking out. And then, you know, I decided to check out Enemy Now, and I'm like, wow. And then, you know, over and on, it's like everything just sounds so beautiful and just rock and roll and metal and gritty. Like, that's, I think, why I, like, never look back. It's, you know, the guitar sound. It's the black and white video. It's just there's such an intensity. Thank you. I'm so glad you enjoy it. I, like I said, if we met, I think you and I would be best friends forever. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys are, you have to you have to make that happen. 
happy to oblige. Yeah. No, I think I did. I hear in an interview that you wanted to release single after single, and were you planning on uh, releasing like an EP later on? I would love. I would love to um, release a full body of work, whether that winds up being an EP or an LP, relatively soon. Yeah, and I, I am definitely working towards that, and you know. Right now, because oh this year, this whole year yeah. is shaping up to be so different than anything that I had ever imagined. You know, I mean, right. and I, I'm glad that I went ahead and released this single during this time because I had planned to release it on April 17th before everybody kind of went into lockdown. And I was like, I'm going to go ahead with, I mean, like, this is like the light at the end of the tunnel for me to be able to, to release this right now. I can't imagine what my days would be like if I didn't have this to be so excited about. So yeah. I'm, I'm so I did. But, you know, like I said, I thought we were going to release this video and then we were going to be playing a few shows in, you know, Southern California and then maybe looking into doing some touring in the fall. And um, that was the plan. You know, I had gotten up to that far of a plan. So so I think it's going to be interesting to see how the year turns out. I'm going to continue to write and either record, you know, one or two songs at a time or if the ability to record more happens, you know, a, a lot of it is. A lot of it, to be honest with you, is just funding. We're a completely independent band. We are not signed to mm-hmm. label. I don't even have a manager. Everything that you see that's happened, it's like it comes together from my kitchen table, you know, uh, and sitting at my studio at home. And, you know, things get done as I have the ability to. And um, and I don't want to ever suffer, um, make the actual work suffer, you know, and the production yeah. quality has gotten to a point where I'm, you know, I kind of owe it to myself to continue to release things that are of that production quality. So, you know, I just want to move forward and do as much as I can. And, you know, if that means doing singles, because that's what's uh, feasible, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I'm glad I did that over this past year instead of just not doing anything. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And you can always collab it all together at some point when you have enough and you know, call it an album too. Yeah. I mean, people tend to really like to make their own playlists on yes. Spotify. True. I think they find. So, um, you know, most of the time when people love artists, they, uh, there are a few, there are records. I love listening to a body of work and a record from start to finish, but I also make a lot of playlists and I'll wind up with songs from artists that I love, you know, from, from different albums and different time periods. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people listen to music that way. So, you know, if, if they get to listen to a song of mine, you know, at random in one of their playlists that they make, like that's still really important to me. They're still associating it with something that, you know, they want to hear or a certain mood, you know, that they want to feel and they've made that playlist for. You know, if you think about the body of work that's out there, like in the world, how many, how many musicians are, how many songs there are, you know, it's, it's hard to, you know, say, you can't you can, you got all this information at your fingertips and you can't absorb it all at once you know so that's, yeah i think that's why people do it the way they do it now where yeah you know just you know i'll pick a single here i pick a single there because there's just too much out there it's not a bad yeah. thing it's a wonderful thing but it makes it hard for you know smaller independent artists to get heard yeah there's a lot of noise to cut through yeah. um but you know i'm very optimistic in that that sense even with with even with all of the work that I've had to do to even get, you know, 
this this far, which is really in the grand scheme of things, not very far, you know, even just to get get my music heard and have a few people be like, wow, this is great. And, you know, I want to talk to you today on my podcast or I want to listen to more. I mean, it's I'm still I'm still optimistic. I mean, there's still music that's released on a continual basis that means so much to me that I love and I see other, you know, other people doing it. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to approach everything from the standpoint of it it is possible. So, you know, yeah, I definitely want more. So I'm one of those people that wants, wants more. (laughs) Wonderful. I want Marishi (laughs) time. I asked somebody this the other day and you've been in kind of in the music business for a little while now. What, where do you see because of this whole COVID thing, like where music and the, you know, playing live music and everything, how it's going to change, you know, the music business. Um, you know, I, I think that there, I mean, there's definitely going to be some fallout from it. There are going to be some bands that call it quits. There are going to be some bands that, you know, emerge out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know when the next time is when, when, you know, tours and festivals and things of that nature will pick up. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I, you know, I have Rammstein tickets for September. I really wish I could go to that. I hope yes. I don't oh. know that's going to happen. Well, um, listen, we got Megadeth for July. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. I feel you, but uh, I'm actually wearing my Megadeth t-shirt right now. while I'm talking to you. So I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know when any of those things are going to happen. And I don't think, you know, everybody's waiting for the, you know, to get an answer. Like, this is when you're allowed to do this. This yeah. is going to be when you're allowed to do that. There's not going to be a straightforward answer. No. I think there's going to be a very gradual return and to people doing things. And some people are going to be comfortable and some are not. And yeah. some tours are going to some are not. And, um, you know. I know that, you know, there's an astrologer that I love that was saying that, you know, the, the new world is going to be built using duct tape. It's like, you kind of, you can't, you can't just wait for a perfect situation. You, the, the reality is you can never wait for, for everything to be perfectly, you know, all arrows pointed in the right direction to make a move. At some point you just have to. So at some point people are going to at least feel comfortable enough to test the waters of trying some different things. And, you know, I think Marishi 10 will be, will be one of those bands. Um, you know, even if that means that initially we have to play some shows that maybe have some limited attendance and, you know, I mean, we're a, a metal band in LA, so that probably was going to be the case anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to I think, I think there's a lot of metal bands out there that would agree with you on that yeah. one. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of like, um, that's what we had planned anyway. Yeah. So, although I do go to sold out metal shows all the time in LA and it right. really warms my heart. I'm like, I don't know where all these people came from, but I'm so glad they're here. Yes. So, so I, you know, like I said, I don't, I have no idea. I do know that people are going to, you know, have to be creative. And at some point people are going to have to make decisions about, you know, what, what, what they're willing to, to try and what they're not, you know? Right. Is the, so. um, is is the scene pretty diverse or is it rock and roll or you know oh the, i think the la metal scene's actually awesome um yeah. it's not you know it's different people think la and they're like okay you know sunset strip and right. you know 80s metal and of course that's not what it is you know what it was there's there's a spirit of that that i think is is alive in la still you know that that hasn't gone away just like there's a spirit of music from the 70s and the 60s in la that has never really gone away but um 
but there's there is definitely a vibrant scene here. There's a lot of really amazing bands. There's a lot that's happening that's changed. I go, you know, instead of going to this the strip for shows, I wind up at a lot of shows downtown. Um, and um, like I said, I go to shows. I I hear this from from certain you know bands say, oh, you know, L. A. is not a good market for 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 rock or for metal. And I'm like, really? Because I just went to like a ton of sold out shows at like the Regent theater downtown, you know? Yeah. And so, so I, I see it, I see it happening here. I see a lot of need for it. A lot of, a lot of fans, a lot of people yeah. that want to hear it. That's awesome. I mean, we've interviewed what, at least a dozen bands in the last couple months, all sure. from the California, LA, Long yeah. Beach, that type of area. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about, like, the Bay Area, that was, like, the scene of thrash. I mean, you you know, you had Metallica, you had Testament, you had, you know, the Bay Area was where it was at, man. That's still yeah. way north. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose oh it's still technically California. It is California. It's a big state, okay? Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, you guys are great. So, what what shows are you guys? Uh, you said uh, Megadeth. Are there any other shows this year that were on your radar or like festivals that? Yeah, we were going to Incarcerated. Yeah, incarceration. Nice. Yeah, the Incarceration uh, Festival. I still think it's going to happen I, I because they haven't made. They have not made. They an just official... canceled Louder Than Life. Well, but that's Danny Wimmer Productions. That's you know, that's different. Like they have not made an official. But they're not going to let a giant group of people get together right now. Not this soon. It's not going to hey, happen. I haven't heard anything from like <laughs> Megadeth because I know Megadeth canceled their Hellfest in Mexico. Yeah. But yeah. I, you know, I mean, I know with Megadeth and Dave, you know, in remission from the throat cancer for them, I could understand because, mm-hmm. you know, um, he's he does have a compromised uh, immune system because of that. So, well, and Hellfest yeah. did still happen and there were still a lot of bands that played and the attendance was still respectable considering what was going on, um, you know, whether or not that was responsible is up for debate, but, yeah. um, you know, um, that's, that still happened. So it, like I said, who, who knows, yeah. who knows there's, there are some shows that have been rescheduled that I was really looking forward to seeing, um, that I hope, you know, happen again. Um, I was really looking forward to going to see, um, the mayhem about, um, idle hands show that was coming oh, through. Yeah. And, um, uh, Death Heaven and um, Abigail Williams and, you know, those, these are all shows that were on my radar the past month that hopefully will be rescheduled, you know, within the next year and, and I'll be there, you know, and the yeah. rest of the family will be there. Yeah, I totally forgot that we had uh, Doyle in uh, Life of Agony. Life of Agony we got rescheduled for October. Yeah, yeah. And I know Psycho Las Vegas, I think, I don't know if they made an official statement or not, but that's, you know, last year that was amazing. I was really looking forward to that this year, you know, Immortal and Satyricon and, you know, uh, there's so many bands I was really, really looking forward to seeing. Merciful Fate. Um, There was a lot of good announcements this year, too. It was like as soon as the end of uh, December hit, it was like announcement, 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 one after another, too. It was like, oh, I want to go to that. Oh, I want to go to that. Oh, I want to go to that. You know, we can't. We're we're broke too, so we can't yeah, go to everything. We can't go to everything. <laughs> but you know, I'm sure you guys are much like me, where so much of your social life really revolves around seeing live music and going to metal yeah. shows. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. As, I mean, I I honestly I believe that 
as as soon as people can can start seeing shows, even if it's in a limited capacity, they're going to want to do it. You know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. that, that's what we do. Yeah. And honestly, I think not that I, I think people passing away from a, a virus is a good thing, but I think in a sense this <laughs> is a good thing because I think. I think what's going to happen possibly is people will feel more of a draw to go see live music. So it might, you know, bring more people out to see shows well, and stuff. I think everybody's going to really appreciate their freedoms yes. once they have, you know, have it back. And, uh, and, you know, we all realize how important it is to have a human connection and you know I, i'm i'm very very thankful to have some extra creative time and alone time and introspective time but um but yeah i miss my friends and i i miss uh i miss being around other people and i miss you know the creative exchange that i have with other people and i can't, can't wait to have that back again yeah so for sure, for sure. yeah i'm an introvert and i can't wait to get out of this house <laughs> You well, that's the wait. true test, then. If you're an yeah. introvert and you yeah. can't wait to get out, then it's time. <laughs> uh, he really can't wait to get away from me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that goes both ways. I know you can't wait to get away well, from me that's either. that's true. <laughs> you guys sound like you're holding up okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. Amazing. So I was um, on your website, and... Mm-hmm. Um, the uh it's it's pretty neat website um do you have any merchandise available we actually have um as far as most of our music is just available digitally but Mm -hmm. we do have some limited edition copies of our very first ep um i'm actually going to be putting and there's a few like hand screen printed shirts that we're going to be doing for um, it's next Friday band camp is going to be doing another, um, promotion where they waive their, uh, portion of taking artist fees, like the fees from sales. Oh, okay. So we're, we're actually going to be going ahead and, and doing a, a little bit of limited edition merch online for that. So, and I'll be posting some stuff about that on Instagram and, um, and on Facebook. So people cool. have a chance to go on and and get some of that and and know that it's really going to benefit the band and be able to go right back to our you know production and promotion costs and and uh you know do what merch does keep us going yes how did i not hear about that i didn't realize they even did that before yeah Bandcamp is it did that uh last month they did one day where all of the uh sales they waived you know any of their portion of what they take and Bandcamp's already like fantastic in terms of if you really want to support a band go get their stuff from Bandcamp over anything. I mean, like, I know like anybody at iTunes or Spotify would like hate me for saying this right now, but it's true. (laughs) Bandcamp, they take the least percentage. So if you really want to support a band and you can go on Bandcamp and you can get something, then they're going to see a greater percentage of it. Um, And then, you know, because of, they know that, you know, everybody's income is limited, not being able to tour right now. they had a couple days where dates where they waived, you know, people, uh, their, their portion of the fee and bands were able to walk away with, you know, more money from their merch sales. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, I didn't know that. So I'm so glad you told us that. Cause um, that's, what I'm I'm saying. I'm I, I, shop. that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised we didn't hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wound up hearing about it the last time through a few, a few people. And then, um, you know, they said they were going to do 
And on Friday, May 1st, that's the day that they're going to be doing it. So Friday, May 1st is a really good day to go buy merch on Bandcamp. I'm (laughs) I'm writing that down because I want to make sure. Yeah. So you would say the the website is probably the best place for everybody to to find uh, your material then? Yeah, I mean, the website's going to um, give you all of the links to all of the videos on YouTube that takes you to our YouTube channel, which you can subscribe to. And it has links to both iTunes and Spotify. If you listen to Spotify, please follow us. That really helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're on Instagram or Facebook, just, you know, tapping that follow, giving us a follow. You know, I absolutely hate this is my public service announcement. I hate at this day and age that anybody cares about those numbers. I certainly don't, but I will tell you as an independent artist, when you speak to people who might be able to help your band to put you in a position to get you to a better place, to give you press, to, um, you know, create funding for you so you can make more music or you can go on tour, they look at those numbers. Oh, and we, we know that all too well. Yeah. All too well. I know the podcast. So it's, it's the, it, you know we understand not everybody can go buy merch. Uh, you know, I can't buy merch from every band that I love too. I wish I could, but the best thing that you can do to help support a band, if you don't even have a penny to spend is just to, you know, go online and to follow them. And I, I follow all of the bands that I love on Instagram and on Facebook, mainly because then I get to keep up with what they're doing. I'm the first one to know when they go on tour. I'm the first one to know when they release something. And, um, and I love that, but it's, best thing that you can do because those numbers do make a difference and I'm definitely not interested in going and you know spending somebody to have money to have 10,000 bots follow Marishi 10 on Instagram so that somebody from a record label is impressed when they log on to it but um you know to have real fans that actually interact with you and you get the chance to interact with them like that means a lot and the numbers do help us a lot <laughs> you are you are an amazing talent and an amazing person Linda and I just can't wait to have more of a Marishi 10 in my making my ears bleed. And I'm just I'm so, so happy for you. And, and she was you know, asking about merch because you know. she wants to buy your merch. I'll just say, so you know. oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> She's I, like that. I, I, I love it. I'll make sure I guys the link when the band camp is extra merch is up. Cool. Awesome. We really right. appreciate you coming on, though, and yeah. talking to us. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun to talk to you guys. Well, we we enjoyed chatting it up with you, and um, stay safe. And um, you know, we'll we'll follow you, and we look forward to more news in the future. And you know, awesome. Likewise, have a great night, guys. Yes, right, you, you too, too, Linda. Take care. Bye.